Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the SB Nation NFL Show. It is a little Niners Nation-themed edition of the NFL Show today. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, and with me is KP, also from Niners Nation. And Kyle, let me just say to you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever holiday it is that you celebrate, we are going to celebrate it today because... Kyle Shanahan stepped outside of his comfort zone, something that nobody thought he would do. Nobody thought he had the balls to do because look at the history. He's always had a not a middling quarterback because Matt Ryan's not a middling quarterback, but he's always had a, let's just say, a competent quarterback when better quarterbacks have been available. Today, that is no longer the case because the 49ers have moved up, which we're going to talk about, but I don't want to steal that thunder from you, Rob. (laughs) How are you doing? I am doing incredible. Let me just lay out for people what has happened. Because in the last hour, hour and a half, we have had massive news here on a Friday. So the 49ers have traded the third, have traded, excuse me, for the third overall pick from the Dolphins. The Niners get the third pick. Miami got 12 overall, a third rounder in 2022. The 49ers first in 2022 and the 49ers first in 2023 that alone could be the basis for this episode kp but that is not all we have because seemingly minutes after we got news of that deal with the 49ers and the dolphins the dolphins then traded with the eagles they traded to get the sixth overall pick the dolphins did so they got six and 156 overall and the eagles got 12 overall in 2021 123 overall in 2021, and a Dolphins 2022 first-round pick. So it is basically like a three-team trade. What you really need to walk away with is Niners are three, Dolphins are six, Eagles are 12. Yes, there was a lot of movement when it could have very well been a three-team trade, but the NFL does not like to make things simple, so that's how we got here. Still... Okay, where do we want to start? Because the 49ers are obviously moving up for a quarterback. The Dolphins moved back, then moved up. So they probably really, really like one of the skill players. I'd imagine it's a receiver, whether that's Devonta Smith, whether that's Jalen Waddle, whether that's Kyle Pitts, who knows? But the Eagles, what, like, what are the Eagles? Are they just trying to accumulate picks here? So there's a lot of moving parts. Um, but I feel like we have to start with the most important position, and that is the quarterback. Have to. And we have to start with the 49ers, uh, one, just because of our bias. But also, it's the third pick. I think it's the most important move of the draft. There's so many tentacles to this thing. But just for my own personal benefit, for, for those that don't know, in 49ers land, there are Jimmy Garoppolo advocates, the Jimmy stands, as we call them, who were convinced, convinced that he was going to be the quarterback and that the 49ers were great, and Jimmy's a winner, and anybody that suggests otherwise is an idiot. And I just want to say to those people, how you like us now? Like, where are they, KP? I asked on Twitter, like, where are the Jimmy stands? They're awful quiet right now. I don't hear any of them. 
Well, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, and now a few of the 49ers beat writers are reporting that the 49ers have no plans on trading Jimmy Garoppolo. And um, (laughs) we're we're also seeing, you know, the dynamic of Alex Smith and um, Patrick Mahomes. So Kyle, Kyle did mention, Kyle Shanahan did mention that where that dynamic does make sense. However, in those scenarios, you know, Alex Smith, wasn't didn't miss two seasons previous to injury, like two of the past three seasons due to injury. So I'm not sure why that was the case. And the Chiefs didn't spend as much as the 49ers did to move up for a quarterback either. So um, while there there are some comparisons in those two, uh, we're a little far off here. So I mean, it it makes sense for the 49ers to move on from Jimmy. Uh, it will be tough for a lot of Jimmy stands to swallow this because all off season, John Lynch told me this. You said Jimmy was our QB. I mean, if Jimmy was their QB, they would have restructured his contract. It's very simple. And we've talked about this every podcast we've done, Rob. The writing has been on the wall. And for me, this change, I don't know if it was week 14, week 13, when the Bills played the 49ers, what Josh Allen did to Robert Sala was unlike anything that I've ever seen a 49er or a quarterback do to that 49ers defense specifically in the past two years. The 49ers didn't have an answer because – Allen could create for himself. Allen had a rocket arm. So Kyle Shanahan's buddy, Chris Sims, was throwing around. And Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah threw this around as well, that the 49ers could trade up for a QB-ready Mac Jones, who, uh, if they do that, just pull the plug, launch the grenade. Uh, I don't know in what scenario that would make sense to move up for a quarterback who is available in every draft, where you cannot say the same about Trey Lance and Justin Fields. To me, yeah, you, you. I don't know. If you wanted Mac Jones, I feel like you don't have to move up as high as three to get him. That's the thing. You move up to three because I think you look at Kyle Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and you say, "We want. We're good with any of those guys." We know that Lawrence is probably going one. If if Wilson goes two to the Jets, we'll take Fields at three or Lance, whoever they like. If Fields goes two, we'll take Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know if they have a definite person they want, but they said, we want one of these three and we have to move up to this spot to get them. Absolutely. So a dirty little secret here for as QB ready as Mac Jones is, Trey Lance started one more game in college football than Mac Jones did. So I don't know why we, well, I do know why. And there's a color barrier here, but we don't have to get into that. But um, let's, let's be honest here. Mac Jones is, I mean, just physically not as gifted as the other two. So yeah, you, you hit it on the head. Kyle Shannon probably likes three quarterbacks very strongly in this draft. And he knows by risking anywhere outside of the top five, he would not be able to get one of those QBs. So, um, it's a lot to move up to number nine or from nine picks. So they moved up from 12 to three, gave up, as you mentioned, first round, first round, first round and a future third-round pick, I think a big part of this deal is being able to hold on to that second-round pick, number 43 overall, because the 49ers could still draft a cornerback, draft a pass rusher, draft a receiver. Uh, It'll probably be a receiver because Kyle Shanahan cannot help himself by drafting a receiver. But, (laughs) um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting that they were able to make a deal and keep on to that valuable of a pick. So while the focus will be on, wow, why they trade so much for that quarterback, Chiefs, are not missing those picks from Mahomes. Texans are not missing those picks from Deshaun Watson. If they hit on the quarterback, this will all be an afterthought three years from now. We'll be like, like who cares? And that that's generally always the case. So 
Um, I think it's it's bigger that they were able to keep the second round. And as we mentioned, um, or we haven't mentioned this yet, but first rounders are not guaranteed to be successful. And the 49ers know that better than anybody, especially <laughs> during the John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan era era. Just because you have a first round pick does not mean that pick will pan out, does not mean that pick will fit your scheme, does not mean he will stay healthy, which has been an issue in San Francisco. So in this scenario, I imagine they're going to pick a quarterback who just is able to play through pain as Justin Fields has been able to. And then Lance is just um, he's a savant to me, man. I, I like him a lot more than people think. And I would say that he's the leader in the clubhouse and not Fields. To me, what this says is by the 49ers not giving up anything this year beyond the first round pick. To me, it says we think our roster is really good. We're going to put the finishing touches on it this year and then we're off and running. We'll we'll give up the first in the future years. That's fine. The third in future years. Who cares? It's a comp pick. To me, they're saying we're going to get the cherry on the Sunday and let's go. Our window is now. Absolutely. And so let me ask you this. Does their window change with a rookie quarterback? Because we, we, we keep talking about rookie quarterbacks as if history hasn't or recent history hasn't suggested that they're good to go. Like they're ready to play. These guys are good who are coming into the NFL. And we ha- if we are giving quarterbacks a Kyle Shanahan bump, why wouldn't Trey Lance, Justin Fields, even Mac Jones be good enough to win? Because, I mean, the 49ers, their roster – based on all the moves that they made in free agency, it signaled that they were going quarterback in the draft. I mean, it was so silly, all the backup talks. <laughs> the backup talk is uh, so ridiculous. We spent like two months on that, where it's almost as if that position doesn't matter and your starter does. So uh, what, what do you feel about that? I feel like Ben Roethlisberger went 15-1 and one as a rookie quarterback and you know went deep into the playoffs. Justin Herbert's rookie year last year was 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Let me just, for people that don't know, if that were to happen in San Francisco, that would be one of the greatest quarterback seasons in 49ers history. Like, right. So guys can come into the league and do this thing, and how many times have these rookie quarterbacks come onto a roster that's as ready to win as San Francisco. It usually doesn't happen, but the Niners made the bold move to move up. I think they're saying we can win with a rookie quarterback, and I I don't care what they say about Jimmy Galapolo right now. I really don't. They're trying to preserve his trade value because if, if teams see this deal and they say, oh, they're going to move on from Jimmy, we're not going to give up anything for him. They're just trying to get as much for Jimmy as they can they are going to move him. You don't want your rookie quarterback starting with Jimmy Gr- No, it's just not happening, okay? The Niners are moving on from Jimmy. They've made the decision, and they have told you everything you need to know about what they think of Jimmy Garoppolo. Forget what they've said in the past. This is the proof. They know he wasn't the guy. Yeah, and he's proven that. So Ben Albright tweeted that internally um, the 49ers felt like Jimmy cost the Super Bowl. That's not very internally. We all have eyeballs and we've done this. We've done this a lot because most people think it comes down to the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl. But there were plays in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter where Jimmy just left them on the field and didn't execute. And it comes down to executing. So to think that another quarterback would not be able to make those plays, very simple plays, by the way, just throwing the ball outside of the numbers, throwing the ball down the field, not holding the ball for five seconds because you don't know where to go with the ball. This sounds harsh, but there is a reason that the 49ers are made this move to trade up for a 
supposedly trade up for a quarterback. I mean, we don't want to say it's in stone right now, but I mean, we can use our common sense and pretty much assume that it's for a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And if it's not for a quarterback, this is a terrible deal, by the way. Let me just state that right now. Like, you cannot give up this many assets for a non-quarterback. Like, if it's a running back, that's it. Like, that just is going to break the world. I think it's a quarterback. I think it's, it's – look, you have to make things happen. You can't just sit back and wait and hope that things go your way. You have to make it happen. You couldn't just sit back and hope that Jimmy Garoppolo stayed healthy for 16 games, and they couldn't sit back at 12 and say, well, hopefully one will be lucky enough to get the leftovers of after all the other teams have picked away at the quarterbacks in this draft. They didn't. Now, there's two parts of this, obviously. Like, the Bears made it happen when they traded up for Mitchell Trubisky. Obviously, it didn't happen. Like, you have to pick the right guy. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, to this point, have not had to make that decision in their tenure, but they are going to now. This is it. What level 1 to 10 of confidence do you have in Jimmy and Kyle to pick the franchise quarterback? John and Kyle, Jimmy, we do not have to use that name because I don't think he will be on the roster after the draft. Sorry. But no, we've been talking about Jimmy all the time. That's going to happen. So <laughs> no worries there. I think I'm very confident. So we mentioned that Mac Jones could be a possibility and not to rule him out. But just think of the success that Kyle Shannon had with RG3 as a rookie. I don't think people are aware of how good RG3 was as a rookie. I believe it's 20 and 5 TD to INT in a uh, touchdown interception ratio but he just ran for a lot and Kyle during that Josh Allen clip set like pretty much mentioned when the after the 49ers lost to the Bills and they did not just lose to the Bills they got destroyed by the Bills it's because Allen was able to create for himself Mac Jones can't create for himself Trey Lance can create for himself Justin Fields can create for himself so in that sense if we're going based on Kyle Shanahan's words and not the GM who's been lying to the media for three years (laughs) I would imagine um I have a lot of confidence in him no assuming that it's either Lance or Fields because I think I I really do think Lance is a prodigy and he's not as good at or he's a lot better than people give him credit for and I think Fields is the second best player in the draft so um it would it would be very tough for them to screw this up which means (laughs) there's a chance there's always a chance man yeah they may find a way let's zoom out a little bit let's look at the NFC West right now you've got the Seahawks who right now as of this recording have Russell Wilson. I think he's going to be traded, but as of right now, he's still there. you got the Rams that moved heaven and earth and at the time took on the biggest single season dead cap hit in NFL history to give Jared Goff the boot and bring in Matt Stafford. And you got the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick. Do you think the 49ers make this move, KP, if we didn't see the action in the NFC West that we've seen so far this offseason? It's a great question because we've been talking about this pretty much every other episode when we brought up the quarterbacks because like without with Jared Goff still the Rams, the 49ers are still the favorites in the NFC West. Jared Goff is no longer there. He's the weak link is gone. So the 49ers don't get to pencil in a win when they play the Rams anymore because Stafford will make that team so much more dangerous. Knowing that you have to be more dangerous on the other side of the ball. You won't be able to play as conservative. You won't be able to. So the 49ers just think about how they played the Rams this past season. They got off to a hot start. And then in the second half, they couldn't do anything against the Rams. You're not going to be able to do that. You can't have one good half against this type of team. And then that's not to say like Arizona's gotten better. And the Seahawks still have that Russell Wilson guy. So he's going to be a thorn in the side as long as he's alive. Um, I just think that those moves did put the pressure on the 49ers. And 
that's not to say that they weren't already going to draft a quarterback because we know they were, but maybe now instead of second round, instead of the third round, this is why they put, this is why they made the move to move up. So I think it has a lot to do with it. Um, I think the moves made in the NFC West, specifically Stafford has a lot to do with uh, the deal that we just saw from the 49ers. How about you? Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, some people say you build your entire team to compete in your division. So clearly what the other teams do has to matter to you. And I think that put an extra little bit of urgency on it to where they knew that they could not stand pat and and hope to compete the same way they had in the past. Plus, honestly, like Kyle Shannon and Sean McVay are friends. I'm sure they have had conversations over the years about frustrations with their respective quarterbacks. You know, I wonder if, that wasn't part of it, too. Kyle's looked back and saw that his friend, Sean McVay, finally made the move to cut bait to bring in a quarterback that he wanted. Maybe he was like, you know what? I've got to do it, too, here. And they, that could all go into this sort of punch bowl. I am just so fascinated to see how this plays out. And let's say, what is there a scenario that exists where, let's say it's Trey Lance, who is viewed as this raw quarterback who needs a city year. Come training camp, he performs better than Jimmy. Now what? Like, why are we ruling out the fact that a rookie quarterback cannot beat out Jimmy Garoppolo? And these rookie quarterbacks are unlike the rookie quarterbacks that have been coming out. I think this class is better than Justin Herbert, is better than Joe Burrow, and is better than the class before and before that. Like, this is the first class I feel like in a while where the top quarterbacks actually deserve to be drafted like this. So I feel like that plays a lot of uh, another part of the reason why the 49ers made this move because – you always hear, what about next year? Well, the quarterback class next year is better. It's always like that. But this, like, they made a concrete decision because the, the talent is there. So um, I, I'm fast. There are so many different waves and avenues that can play out here. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And here's another reason why I don't think, like, let's say that they draft a quarterback and then they, like you said, he outperforms Jimmy. Well, you can't have Jimmy Garoppolo as your backup quarterback because he can't stay healthy. So if your starter gets hurt, you can't go to Jimmy and then be like, well, you have to be our backup quarterback because Jimmy can't stay healthy. So then you've got to have a really good third string guy. I can't do that, Kyle. I can't start talking about podcasts about the third string quarterback. Like, please do not do that to me. Oh, man. that whew, If we were to ever get there, let's just pull the plug on all of these because we, it's, it's gotten ridiculous. We've spent way too much time on the names like Joe Flacco, Gardner Minshew, Mitch Trubisky, like all of those as it is. Finally, Rob, we get to talk about starters. We get to talk about players that are actually going to play. That is refreshing in itself. So thank you, 49ers, for making a decision that gives us something concrete to talk about so we no longer have to talk about trading day three picks for a backup in case your starter is hurt. (laughs) And John Lynch and Kyle Shannon are going to speak to the media on Monday, I believe, right? At 1 p.m. Pacific time. Is that accurate? Yep, 1 p.m. PT. I, I'm i sure that that was part of like, you know, they wanted to have this deal get done before that press conference. I'm sure they were tired of the Jimmy Garoppolo questions and all that. And they're going to the, they're gonna say that, you know, he's in our plans right now and we have no intent to trade him and blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't be stunned if Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo was traded before that press conference even took place. Yeah. So first of all, they are very candid with their players and they have um, some of the guys have told me that and you know, that's why they appreciate Shanahan so much. So there were reports coming out saying that John Lynch, uh, I believe NFL Network Steve Weiss came out and said that John Lynch called Jimmy and said, we plan to have you as our starter next year. You're our guy, which on Friday, March 26th, sounds great. 
a month from now, when you get an offer from Bill Belichick and he says, hey, I have this third shiny third round pick with your name on it. I know you don't have picks. I know you just traded a bunch. You're probably going to want this. Give me my quarterback back. What are you going to do? Are you going to say no to that? Of course not. So, I mean, again, this is just the media being the media. They are going to create this content, but we will see, man. And okay, let me ask you this. Is Jimmy Garoppolo on the 49ers roster after the draft? No. No way. I just don't see it. Like I, It makes no sense to me. There, there's financial reasons to get rid of him. There's football reasons to get rid of him. Enough. Like Enough with this. Get rid of this guy. I'm ready, man. I am so ready to see what happens. And in part of me wants to see that training camp battle to see because you eventually have to swallow your pride if you draft a first round quarterback and admit that the first round quarterback is going to is he's already more talented. Like whoever they draft, assuming it's not Mac Jones, because I don't think that they're going to trade up all those picks to draft a quarterback who's only started 17 starts at Alabama, who couldn't beat out Tua. I mean, there are, there are a lot of things, and that's not to take away from Mac Jones, who I think is better than Tua. But I just think that any scenario where you are going Trey Lance or Justin Fields against Jimmy Garoppolo, if we're going down the list of traits, where does Jimmy win at? Because how much credit can you give him for experience if he's missed two of the last three seasons? Cheekbones. He has very strong <laughs> cheekbones. What? No, That's it's it. like – That'll do it. You're right. And here's the thing. The players will know right, very quickly, too. That's the difference. Think of like a bodybuilding competition, right? It's one thing to see these guys flex their muscles individually. But then when they all get on the stage at the same time and you see everybody literally standing next to one another, you see who the winner is pretty damn fast. Oh, it's yeah. that guy. Oh, it's him over here. Like, it's it's very easy when you see like the side-by-side comparison and – we saw it with Russell Wilson in Seattle with, when he was there with Matt Flynn. Like, eventually it gets to a point where if the rookie is just pounding the veteran, you lose credibility if you then stick with the veteran. You lose the locker room. The guys can tell. They they can tell who's good. So that's why I don't think you even want to have that that scenario at all with the 49ers. You want to just give the keys to the car to the rookie and let him drive. Let him get these bumps. Get them out of the road. Like, they're going to happen. The mistakes are going to happen, man. So... But at the same time, the mistakes happen with your 30-year-old quarterback. (laughs) Right. Do we forget what happened in week one? Why? Why do we do this? Week one was one, I don't want to say one of the worst performances, but any way you slice it from a football standpoint, like I I hate talking about the box score. I hate talking about (laughs) touchdowns and interceptions and, you know, the very basic stuff. From a quarterback perspective, he couldn't have played worse. If Trey Lance or Justin Fields plays during week one against Arizona, the 49ers win that game and it's not close. Why do we have to pretend like anything else is fact? So in this scenario, yes, if if Trey Lance or Justin Fields or even Mac Jones, if they were to play against the Rams, they are going to make mistakes. That is going to happen. At the same time, they're going to make plays that your current quarterback has no business making like he wouldn't dream of either making the throws using his athleticism or even seeing the fielder being able to um use his arm strength to make throws he wouldn't be able to attempt so i think if we're looking at it in those lenses instead of well the traditional you have to sit a rookie quarterback or this guy's played for so long this is not how football works now let's if i want to evolve past that train of thinking so yeah I, I love the idea of letting your rookie go 
like RG3, you have the best football mind in football. You are paying Kyle Shanahan, who has been doing all the heavy lifting, who gets the hard part out of the way for rookie quarterbacks or for any quarterbacks because he tells you where to go with the ball. It's about you getting to go there. Like if you can throw the ball there, you're good. Like that's why the 49ers were able to go so far in 2019 because Kyle Shanahan's offense will make it so easy for the quarterback. It's just about them executing. And if they, it's turnovers, basically. As long as you don't turn the ball over at a historic level, which between Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, and C.J. Beathard, the 49ers were, you're going to be fine. Like, he's that good of a coach. He will put you in positions to succeed. So let's go. Give him the keys. Let him drive. It is a good day to be a 49ers fan and to cover the San Francisco 49ers. All right, KP. As much as I want to keep talking about the Niners, this is the SB Nation NFL show, and there are other sides to break down. So let's, yes, let's head down the highway. Let's go to Florida now. The Dolphins are making all sorts of moves. They obviously trade down to get the 12th overall pick, and then they, like, minutes later, trade back up with the Eagles to move up to number six. What do you think the Dolphins are thinking right now? Yeah, they have to have a specific player in mind. So we can assume that Lawrence, Wilson, one of Fields or Lance will go top three. And then number four, I don't even know who's picking. Is it the Bengals? Uh, It's the Falcons, I believe, right? Oh, that's right. So the Falcons just reached, I believe they just did something with uh, Matt Ryan's deal. So who knows where they go, but they were in attendance at BYU's Pro Day. So that, that could be another QB right there. So once we get to the Dolphins, they are, they are going to have a chance to select one of the best receivers in the NFL draft. And that could be Devonta Smith. That could be Kyle Pitts, who not, is not technically a wide receiver, but he's a pass catcher. He's one of the top pass catchers in the draft. Or Jalen Waddell. So uh, you have to imagine they really, really like one of those guys. And, I mean, who, Tua, who is their quarterback. So let's just say it's an Alabama guy. I could see it being Devonta Smith because they need a wide receiver. They uh, Devonta Parker. They can pair their young quarterback with one of those pass catchers. So I imagine it's one of those two for sure. What, what do you think happens? Like, oh, let me ask you this. Could it be anybody besides a pass catcher? I mean, I guess it's possible it could be a quarterback, but that doesn't make sense to me because I don't, I don't know. You, if you want a quarterback, if you're the Dolphins, you must have a specific guy in mind because you already have Tua. So if you're really going to move on at quarterback a year after taking Tua, you got to have a specific guy in mind. You don't trade down to six if you have a specific guy in mind. You just take that guy where you were. I think it means that. They are, they're going the route. We got a quarterback on a rookie deal. Now is the time to just build up everything around him. You just look at the amount of capital that they have acquired here and the picks that they have. I mean, they are, I think they're sticking with Tua. I think that Brian Flores to me strikes me as the best guy available. Uh, So I don't know if he's going to go wide out, but I just think that their philosophy is we found our guy at quarterback. We got rid of our veteran guy. We're giving the keys to Tua. And now we're going to build everything up around him to put him in a position to be successful. Which is how organizations sustain success, right? You want to, if you draft a quarterback, 
you want to put pieces around him. Um, we've seen teams not do that, and their quarterback crumbles. Like, for example, Daniel Jones has not been – like, this is pretty much the first year the Giants decided to build around him. Well, like, there's no reason to wait. The best organizations, I believe, like we're going to see it with the Patriots and Cam Newton. So last year, Cam Newton was filled, was playing with practice squad receivers and guys who did <laughs> not belong in the NFL. This year, they go out, Kendrick Bourne, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar. Like those four compared to the four leading receivers for the Patriots last year, just an incredible upgrade. So yeah, it would make sense for the Dolphins just to continue to build around Tua because that's just how, if you want to see what you have in Tua, you actually have to put some weapons around him. And, you know, we talked about the NFC West. Look at the AFC East. You've got Josh Allen and the Bills, who are absolute Super Bowl contenders. You just mentioned the Patriots who are clearly rebuilding that team and going up for another charge. And I think the Dolphins are like, hey, if we're going to compete with these guys, we need to load up here. And the best way to do that is to get as many bites at the apple, as many draft picks as possible, as many guys on rookie deals as possible, and let's go get it and let's see what we got here. I agree. And, and man, I, I actually think the Dolphins could be very good if Tua turns the corner. I mean, and that's what it'll come down to. So um, what do you think about the Eagles, though? Did they because there was a report that they tried to get up to number three. But Adam Schefter said that was only for Zach Wilson. So we're assuming that Zach Wilson would be gone. And I imagine the Eagles did as well. So they move back. Do they have anybody in mind or are they just going to go? pick, 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 try to get as much talent on that roster because they do not have many good players on that roster. And they are still probably, I mean, I think it's safe to say they're the worst team in the NFC East and and they're probably not going to be one of the, you know, outside of the bottom five in the NFC period. So I wonder what the Eagles want to do or what their thought process was in trading down. I will get to that in a second. Let's take a break. And when we come back, I will answer your question about the Eagles because I think there's something that a member of that organization said a few months ago that gives the answer to that question. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're back here on the SB Nation NFL show. All right, Kyle, before we went to break, you asked me what the Eagles are thinking here by trading down to number 12 in the draft. And I go back to a quote. It wasn't from a couple months ago. It was actually from earlier this month. There was a report that Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie wanted the Eagles to do everything possible to support Jalen Hurts, not to go after a quarterback to make Hurts successful in 2021. And he's reportedly sent that message to new Eagles coach Nick Sirianni, who understands that, according to Chris Mortensen, quote, what the owner wants, the owner gets. So I think the Eagles plan is give us a bunch of picks. Let's load up as fast as we can this year, because I definitely think there's a little urgency in Philadelphia to look good after the Carson Wentz trade. Yeah, and that's another thing. They they want to get that stink of the Carson Wentz trade out of there. So, man, who is Jalen Hurts the guy? What happens in this? How about this scenario? Let's say Mac Jones falls. Do they take Mac Jones at 12? Because seeing in mock drafts, Albert Breer had Mac Jones going number 28 
to the Steelers, wow. I believe. Yeah, so that was a surprise. And usually we're seeing Mac Jones anywhere in the top 15 and sometimes even at 12 where the 49ers were selecting. But um, I, would the Eagles pass on Mac Jones, who quote-unquote is ready despite his starts? I would say Mac Jones is a better player than Jalen Hurts, but do the Eagles feel that way? I think it comes down to if if that Lurie report is true because it doesn't matter. There's only one voice that matters in Philly, and it's the it's everywhere, really. But the owner, right. if if Lurie says, I don't care if Mac Jones is better, you traded Car, we drafted Jalen Hurts, and you we traded Carson Wentz, make it work with Jalen Hurts, then it doesn't matter. But if it's true, if it's up for grabs, like Howie Roseman is claiming now, he's trying to, I feel like, put the toothpaste back in the tube, then yeah. may, maybe they do. I, the Eagles have had kind of a mobile quarterback for a while, though, I feel like. Would they really be willing to go back to more of a pocket guy in Mac Jones? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. And I imagine that will depend on how they what they do at the offensive line, what they do with the skill positions. There are holes all over that roster. So plugging in a quarterback is not going to change that. So that's probably why they, they were comfortable with trading down, knowing that, you know, Wilson was out of their reach. I just think that, I mean, no, I, I can't envision a scenario where the Eagles draft a player at number whatever pick they are. I'm just blanking right now. but And then, and then all of a sudden, yeah, 12, duh. If the Eagles select a player at number 12 and all of a sudden they are NFC East contenders because Washington got a lot better this year. Dak yes. is going to be healthy. And the Giants were a tough out for anybody last year. And that just leaves the Eagles. So, yeah, uh, not sold on the Eagles and, and not sure you know how much better they will be. Maybe their plan is let's we got to, you know, we're paying a massive cap hit to get rid of Carson Wentz. Let's get extra picks. Let's load up on guys the cheapest they'll ever be in their NFL careers. And you know what? If we stink this year, okay, and we'll have our pick in 2022 and we'll have the extra first that they acquired in this deal from Miami. So if we do decide that Hertz isn't the guy this year, we have the ammo that we need to then move up and get a quarterback. Yeah, and, and that'll, again, thinking ahead. So if if that all fails, like what do they, what do the Eagles do next year? Like what what happens with I don't I don't know. Like there are so many different moving parts in all of these trades where does it the Eagles aren't in a position to win now, so maybe they might not have to draft a quarterback as well. So they can just stack stockpile talent at 12 and at their future picks. So Oh, who knows, man? Let's leave it to Michael Kiss to break down this Eagles because <laughs> he is a sad fan that will have to watch them anyway. Um, I feel like we've spent enough time on the Eagles. I think the Dolphins are fascinating. And obviously what the 49ers do is going to trade or is going to impact the rest of the draft as well. So, man, what a Friday. How about this? March 26th, uh, we see a three team, essentially a three team trade and just NFL taking over headlines as they always do. That's the other part of this, right? If you are the Carolina Panthers, who reportedly are all in on a quarterback, their owner has basically said, we're getting a quarterback. Well, now you know. The only team you can deal with to get a quarterback that you really want is the New York Jets, because you know the Niners aren't going to trade out of three after giving up all those picks to get there. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, you may have to, but but if the Jets want to take a quarterback themselves, you're kind of stuck if you're the Panthers. and And that's part of the urgency on the 49ers to get this deal done. You want to get in that spot as fast as you can so that no one else can leapfrog you. And no, that's a good point. So how much hmm, who will they trade back up with the picks that they acquired to get fields? Like is 
like let's assume that Fields falls because again, it comes back to trading up for a quarterback like Mac Jones, who I feel like is in every draft. You don't have to trade up for a Mac Jones because you can get him whenever you want to. And there's a reason that the Mac Jones are not coveted in the NFL, especially with the way that the game is progressing and the way the game is trending towards. So I feel like if you're going to move up for a guy and if the owner says, hey, get me a quarterback that can actually play, that the by default, by process of elimination, that leaves field. So who knows, man? I mean, I imagine the more and more information that comes out, we'll find out more about what the Eagles want to do. But it's pretty evident that they're not sold on field or not sold on Hertz. Definitely not sold on Hertz. I agree with you there. And I just think that it's a good day to be a 49ers fan. I think it's a good day to be a Jet fan. The Jets are sitting pretty because they're either going to have to get blown away with an incredible offer. I mean, the Niners kind of set the market there with what they gave up to get number three. The Jets are not going to take anything less than the 49ers got. So you either get blown away with an offer to get a bunch of picks and you keep Sam Darnold and run with, with it like that, or you get the quarterback that you want at two anyway. Like it, everything's coming up jets right now. If you're a fan of gang green. Yeah. They they're in the driver's seat. They can do whatever they want to. It seems like they're going to get Wilson, but they have another first round pick as well. So they, they can do some damage. They can do whatever they want to Solomon. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him like hell because I think he's going to be, it's just such a good coach, man. I, I really, really think he's going to do well. Hopefully, Wilson pans out for him. Um, but again, they have more draft capital, so they can add a lot of talent. And they need to add a lot of talent because the Jets were the Jets last year for a reason. Um, <laughs> what about Sam Darnold? What happens with Sam Darnold? Where does he go? Because remember, we spent a month talking about Darnold to the 49ers. That's not an option anymore. Denver probably needs a quarterback. Maybe Washington. I don't know. Where do you think Darnold ends up? Well, I mean, Corey Davis just signed with the Jets and said that everything he's been told and he signed there with the impression that Darnold's going to be the quarterback. I don't know how much weight we put behind that statement, but I I don't know. To me, I almost wonder if it went down like this, Kyle. Tell me if you think this is realistic. Shanahan and Robert Sala are friends. They have a conversation. What are you thinking? Darnold, quarterback, if you're going quarterback, what do you think of this Wilson kid? What do you think of this Fields kid? Whatever. Kyle Shanahan gets wind of what the Jets are going to do. So then he goes to John Lynch and says, hey, they're going to take, let's just say, Wilson. We can get Fields if we move up to three, make it happen. Does that sound at all realistic to you? It sounds very plausible. The only thing that I would switch is Kyle went to John Lynch after talking to Sala and said, hey, we can move up to three and get either Wilson or Fields. We're going to move up to three to get Wilson and Fields. <laughs> That's probably how the conversation went. And John Lynch is like, yeah, all right, we'll do it. Um, he's, he's more of like a yes man in that scenario. But in that case, like Robert and Kyle are talking and they go, so, all right, you want Darnold? I don't want Darnold. Do you want Darnold? I don't want Darnold. Like, what are we going to do with Darnold? Like, that, I, that is the other part of the equation in the conversation that I feel like you would add in as well. But, man, so many moving parts here. If you are a Carolina Panther fan and your team trades for Sam Darnold, are you happy right now? Because you know what they're going to say. Hey, we got a 23-year-old quarterback who was in a miserable situation with a terrible head coach. You know, he's just as young as these guys getting drafted, more or less. We got your rookie. We got your franchise guy. We know how to build him up and make him successful. Are you happy with that if you're a Panthers fan? 
Man, that's that is a great question because the Panthers are another team whose owner has been very vocal about finding a quarterback this offseason. And with everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson, who is a local kid, you can't sit and wait around for that to for his situation to be resolved. And Wilson gone, Lawrence gone, one of Phil's or Lance is gone. And then we can assume that another one of those guys are gone. Like the Panthers would be the most logical team to move up as well. But who man, I, with Joe Brady there, I feel like that is a team who could win with Mac Jones because Joe Brady, like Kyle Shanahan, like Sean McVay, look what they did with Teddy Bridgewater last year, man. They had 2,000 yard receivers, and Teddy Bridgewater has the arm strength of me. So, um, <laughs> man, I. All these teams, the domino effect from what happens at the top of the draft will be just make it so interesting. It is like I have said it on Niners Nation pods, and you're probably tired of me repeating this. I said this offseason was going to be one of those where you look at your phone and you say, holy shit. Well, at one o'clock today, when I was driving to pick up my son from school, my phone beeped and I picked it up and I said, holy shit. And I screamed out loud. That is the kind of offseason that has been. I still think there's plenty of room for more of those moments, KP. We got a month to go, man. We have <laughs> like we're still in the pro day season. Like Zach Wilson is still throwing. We have Justin Fields left, and we have all the rumors that come out during April of you know what teams are thinking about doing, who's going to move up. So I think this is just the tip of the iceberg, man. But leave it to the NFL to steal the show on a Friday. March Madness Sweet 16. I forget about all that. Watch this. <laughs> Seriously. That's how it, that's, look, it's the NFL's world and everybody else just lives in it. That's going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL show. Want to remind you, please, again, rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate all the reviews that have come in before. Keep them coming, please, and just enjoy it. It's only going to get better from here. 